almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Special final, Jason Jones from Mothership and Dirty South Soccer, also DP number four. Joe Patrick from 90.9 The Game and Dirty South Soccer is over there. He is DP number five for Inner Miami. <laughs> Joe Patrick, I am of the opinion, first off, that we should mention Kurt Castle on the intro mm. there with the song Chances. Mm. I'm also of Good the catch. opinion that soccer games should really only last about 79 minutes. That That's my new thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like my dad always, whenever I golf with him, he always gets mad and he's like, golf should only be 14 holes because everybody, you just get tired, you know? It's like, who could, Oh who no, could, who, did I just make a Joe's dad joke? Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, but yeah, you know, like who, the soccer is too long. Yeah, 79 minutes. That's totally, totally fine with me. Um, Shout out to Joe's dad, the the original Alpharetta dad, That's right, by the way. that's right, yeah. that's right. Mm. Elaine United... 2-2 draw with Ugh. Nashville. Kind of gross feeling, but but kind of good feeling, yeah, too. Man. We're going to get into that more. Yes. But I, I think the general sense is this is what we wanted. Right. This is, yeah. Bring it to us. Yeah. I Give mean, it to us. Yeah, we'll this get is it, what we asked for. We'll get into it in a little bit, but um, I enjoyed watching the game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a I had a lot of game. fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So. Not going to lie. First things first, that you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to some of the extra stuff we have on our Patreon. Go to Patreon com slash five stripe final if you have not already you can join our discord you can listen to some extra audio such as our recent interview with teodal football and more interviews on the patreon same stage call recently with us as well and folks we are gonna get that felipe interview he was off this week <laughs> he was taking a well-deserved break we're gonna get him in this week is the absolute final 100 definite plan no more bsing you on that it's all coming again that's that's patreon.com slash five stripe final there are over like 170 of y'all at this point and it rules it's we insane thank you it's in, it's absolutely insane and then we were kind of prepping last week and we realized after this game there's not another soccer atlanta united game for like close to a month three weeks i guess a break so um we won't have this show if you're watching this show this is the one obviously that goes on youtube and dirty south soccer and the dirty south soccer podcast network but on patreon we'll still be going strong with interviews and updates on the two and all that kind of stuff so uh make sure you tune in a three-week break means plenty of free time which means we get to do a bunch of dumb stuff <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna get a couple folks in and do some uh some less serious things i think as we kind of move on but first we have to get to the serious things this is business time time joe patrick and we're just going to run through these relatively quick well at least this first one i think <laughs> um jagger on his way to aberdeen am i right in saying that? is he i don't know i uh, he was waived by atlanta united we'll see where he when winds up next there was reports that i think in mid-may that he was going to be going to aberdeen there was also a rumor that stephen glass was at the stadium uh on for the Ooh. for the match on saturday sam i don't know if you caught me i was looking through by my binocs looking through <laughs> looking, looking, look, looking through the uh <laughs> the club boxes to see if i could spot him i never i never did see him i didn't see him in the press box or anything but there was apparently he was there doing some scouting of mls of course aberdeen's in their off season now so they're trying to do some transfers um to get themselves geared up for the next season so you know there's a player there he's familiar with but we'll see we'll see what happens with jack Gurr. uh yeah it's yet another roster spot open after of course Alessandro lopez leaves the team so that's that's two spots at this point i think there is something in the works for that spot for Gurr to be filled pretty soon mm-hmm. from my understanding uh we can't say what yet just you know stay tuned in mind yeah. stay tuned we'll see we'll see um as, as far as that i don't know why i wrote down jack Gurr to aberdeen in the, in the sheet, <laughs> by the way that's not a thing that <laughs> I can see happens. you catch yourself during it. this is like impromptu yeah. is he going yeah, yeah, yeah. Aberdeen? i don't think he's doing that i, I think maybe i'm trying to manifest something positive for jack he looked good in, in 45 yeah. minutes of play it, it seems strange to have him all of a sudden be gone like that but hey 
these things happen. Also, maybe possibly happening, and, and maybe this is also something we can manifest. A, a Zeke rumor popped up for the first time last night, and I'm sure that plenty of those may be kind of coming through here as we get towards the summer. The rumor from a paper called The Daily Record, which I don't think we ever figured out like where the source <laughs> Sounds was. Professional. That. That. Sounds <laughs> professional. It is a record. So and like, it is daily. Calcio Sounds like Mercado. a newspaper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. However, it is a rumor, which is something to talk about. Um, the rumor is that Zeke is on his way potentially to club america which like if they come with any offer above like eight nine ten million i think you got to do it at this point and we'll get to why in a little bit but you know uh maybe not the sharpest performance from zeke and a substitution appearance on the weekend i mean it makes it's the kind of transfer that honestly makes sense to me maybe that's why it's yeah. proposed as a rumor because you know people can draw all these different lines that would make it make sense but you think about the fact that club america's been here they've you know had in-person contact with atlanta united in terms of just coming to play um, um, obviously, having seen Ezekiel Barco up close, so all those things pl you know play into this potential rumor. I honestly have not looked into it very much. I just saw it kind of come across the wire, but I didn't do any sort of digging to see if there was any any legitimacy to it. But uh, it certainly seems like something that could potentially happen. And when you look at just the way Barco has played, you know, it's not like a European team is really going to be bending yeah. over backwards to try to get him. So maybe that is the kind of move he can make at but this at point. Same, at the same time, I'm kind of shocked that it's even Club America. Yeah, yeah. You know, like this is the biggest club on the continent. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised. And I'm wondering what exactly they, they feel they see in Zeke, if they do see anything in Zeke, if this is even real, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out. We'll keep you updated. Check soccer.com and other places as well to keep you updated on that. The big news this week, and we'll get to it now is Paul McDonough and Atlanta United have mutually, <laughs> mutually agreed. An another to part mutually ways. parting another of ways. Mutual, everything's so <laughs> mutual these days. It's, it's, it's fascinating. I didn't understand that this is how the job market worked in, when I was a younger man, but, but now I do. <laughs> Paul McDonough obviously was the, I'm not sure his official title down in Miami. I think it was technical director, sporting director, was. something like yeah. that. And, uh, and maybe a couple other things as well. But implicated in the recent sanctions against Inter Miami, they were found to have not only had an extra DP on the roster, but an extra, extra DP. These players <laughs> should have counted as designated players. They did not due to the mechanisms in which Inter Miami was paying these guys. And so theoretically, if they were being paid on the level, they would have not been able to play for Inter Miami because they were getting paid too much. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to get into the total nitty gritty of that. I'm sure allocation disorder, our friend Sam Stagecall, who was on the Patreon recently, will have a better explanation of exactly all that. But the sanctions are heavy. A whole lot of allocation money going away. Of course, they already had to relegate Matias Pellegrini to their USL team. Uh, Paul McDonough banned from MLS until 2020. Two, which I mean, ouch. Yeah. Um, obviously, a, a reason why maybe Atlanta United maybe did want to keep him around. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna. Nah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Man, <laughs> there's some th there's some murky waters here that I do not feel maybe comfortable pontificating about journalistically. It is what I'll say. What? But my conspiracy brain is is rattling. What is up with Atlanta sports front office members? I was, I was thinking of Coppola. I was. <laughs> oh, good old copy. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is crazy. kind of a crazy story. Unprecedented, I believe, in terms of, you know, MLS handing down sanctions like this against, uh, you know, a front office member for these kinds of things. It's one of those things where... You know, in MLS, when you're you have these self-imposed rules that you hold teams to in terms of salary budgets and things like that, it's just like it, it's weird because you have to come down on a club that MLS kind of has a vested interest in wanting Miami to be a good, successful club. This is a club that's been linked to bringing in, you know, some of the top players, Lionel Messi being one of them in the world, potentially down the line. Obviously, uh, Beckham is involved in the ownership situation there. So it's a high profile club and they're kind of getting the hammer rain down on them um, at least for the next couple of years in terms of the allocation money they'll have available to them so tough break and then also you know we were just chatting when we were leaving the stadium on Saturday about you know you wonder if would MLS ever kind of look down the line at McDonough's dealings and and look for further um, you know improprieties and things like that who knows but you know obviously Atlanta he did very well kind of managing some salary situations with Atlanta when you look at Tito Villalba being brought in, brought in as a deep 
ADP like two years ahead of time and then being bought down over time. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that he, they did do anything wrong, but you know, they're, you just kind of, I'm curious as to whether they would look at that stuff. I think it's a bad, it was a bad idea for them to do that. Cause I feel like you have to have some sort of statute of limitations on these types of things where if you do that, you can start looking at all kinds of things, all kinds of moves that teams have made. And it's just not a good idea in my opinion for the league. I'm going to reiterate that when I'm speaking on these kind of things, I'm speaking as, as, J. Sam Jones, the, the person, <laughs> not the uh, not the the writer, the power ranker, <laughs> the power ranker, the power ranking czar, if you will. I think it was probably important that Inter Miami was bad. <laughs> like if they had won a thing doing this, which they didn't, which is hilarious. They mm-hmm. finished tenth in the East, you know, even with five DPs. <laughs> yeah, that is. If funny. they had won a thing, this might have been very, very murky. Um, but I'm going to agree with Joe that you know there there is probably a statute of limitations, especially on a Atlanta United team that won a thing. You know, yeah, um, it, it could get real college footbally with stripping titles. <laughs> which is what I want to kind of get into a little bit because like my brain is so wired for these kinds of things like I was like oh it's a recruiting violation and I went oh normal <laughs> you yeah, know right. like I think everyone else in MLS was like oh my god what is happening I'm like oh they had a scholarship reduction did, yeah did, this happens did Miami, this is like a weekly thing did Miami do a self-imposed sanctions on this before MLS like did they do like uh oh yeah we're, we're well, bringing our scholarships well, now. speaking well I mean self-imposed sanctions if we're gonna like talk about it getting rid of McDonough for Atlanta United mm. is, is certainly <laughs> one of them yeah you know? maybe um perhaps <clears throat> Perhaps I, I I don't know that for sure. Yeah, all, we're just it joking was, around. It we're was just very kind of... it was very funny to like think about it in that way. I I don't know. Yeah. I doubt that's true. Yeah, we know nothing about true. what's going on. Obviously, behind yeah. the scenes of of everything, and I was totally caught off guard um, until the news came down. <laughs> it was funny because I had been talking. <laughs> yeah. I had been well, talking to so I had been talking to somebody at the club earlier that day about the Gur thing that came out, and he was like, "I've been super busy today," <laughs> and I was like, huh, "That's weird." Like, <laughs> and then oh, when the news came down, okay. I was like, that's why he was busy. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it was. Um, it was very surprising because we had heard initially that McDonough wasn't going to be yeah. implicated in this mm-hmm. and that seemed wrong from the beginning right but mm-hmm. we said okay sure I'm, okay yeah you, <laughs> he's not there never anymore made sense maybe that why he wouldn't the, be implicated right exactly you know and maybe him leaving inter miami would have been the initial you know mm-hmm. sanction by the team on themselves mm-hmm. exactly you that's know? true yeah yeah so you know um it's, it's it's messy it's not great it is a indication of, of maybe Again, my college football brain says that this is happening elsewhere, right? But remember, the thing with that is, as with every team in like the SEC, you know, with a bunch of kids driving Dodge Chargers around, you can do that. You can't be bad at it. Right. Right? You cannot be Tennessee handing out McDonald's bags worth of cash blatantly in front of people. You can do all these things. You cannot be bad at it. You especially cannot be bad at the sport once you've done these things. That just opens you up to a whole world of hurt. And, you know, for me, my immediate thought was, how does this impact Atlanta United's plans going forward in terms of just the structure mm-hmm. of the front office? Because, you know, him coming back to the club was a big deal when it happened. And we talked to Darren Eels on this show, not that we talked to him on our on our Patreon uh, for an episode. Well, I, we did release it on, on this episode uh, or on this podcast feed because it was so important. And, you know, he said he said it, it's, it's really huge for the club to have Paul and Carlos, you know, have both of their inputs because they don't always agree on things and they obviously both have different competencies in terms of, you know, what they, how they can help the club and um, how they can help structure the the duties in that front office. So, you know, with him out of the picture now, that's a big loss. And he says in, uh, you know, Darren Eels is now filling Paul's role, which is, I don't know exactly what that entailed because Paul wasn't here before he came into the role. So I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what that means for the club in the current situation, but it does seem like they are still wanting to go out and hire somebody to, to fill that role. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of name they bring in because obviously for that for that role you need a certain skill set and you need a certain um you know knowledge of mls and the rules and the way everything works here so it will be really interesting to see what kind of targets they go after lucy rushton is gone paul mcdonough is gone one of atlanta united's head scouts is gone tony anon is gone now uh stephen glass is gone all these spots are now open for lissandra lopez is gone lissandra lopez (laughs) is gone it's a whole it's a weird exodus it's a weirdly timed exodus for a lot of this 
And now Atlanta United has some choices to make. We talked about kind of revamping the culture and obviously with, you know, the recent articles that have come out about the culture at Atlanta United. Um, this is obviously a, a chance to to build um, some stuff from the ground up a little bit again. So it's going to be interesting to see what choices are made. If they're the right choices, this team will obviously have the resources and everything and its ability to, to head in the right direction. So interesting stuff coming up. Interesting stuff happening on the field as well, though, Joe Patrick. This is what is this called? Uh, prime Sports time game time. Prime <laughs> game time. <laughs> Under construction. Sports time game time. Sports time game time. Sports prime game time. Sports prime game time. Sports game prime time. Sports prime game 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 Time, Sports Prime Game Time, yeah. Sports Prime Game Time, Joe Patrick. That's what we're calling this, I guess, as we just so eloquently put it. Um, look, 2-2 draw against Nashville, and this is an overplayed bit, but are you not entertained? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, are you not entertained? This is exactly what we talked about at the beginning of the year when we brought in Gabriel Einze. We knew these kind of games were, were going to come. We knew that there were going to be moments where the team was very open at the back, but they score two goals that they play ahead for most of the game. And if it weren't for really a fluky deflection right to Hani Mukhtar of Nashville, then maybe Atlanta United gets out there with a 2-1 win. You know, these are the kind of things we were expecting. Yeah, it's a painful draw, obviously. Obviously, because unlike a goal where it's unlike a game and when you have where you have a one goal lead and you give up, you know, one goal, obviously the two goals is it feels unacceptable. And it really is like, obviously, if you want if you're a championship team, you can't be doing that kind of thing. But I do see this game as a continuation of this team learning under a new manager and learning how to play in different situations. And obviously in the first six games of this season, a lot of that learning was obviously in the attacking end. And how do you create chances? How do you, you know, yeah, create chances for Joseph Martinez, Eric Lopez, these forward players who really have struggled earlier this year, those guys found a lot more opportunities in this game, but then you find yourself in a different situation that you haven't really found yourself in this year, which is having a two goal lead late in the game with the opposing team, just throwing on forwards and coming at you and the team didn't really adjust to how they needed to defend in those situations when you're going up against basically three forwards that they had out there at the end of the game um, you need to be a little bit more conservative you need to be a little bit you know you need to have essentially an extra guy coming back and maybe that's where there are some questions as to whether they could have thrown Alan Franco on to kind of help counteract what Gary Smith was doing with his substitutions late in the game and of course Gabriel Heinze like kind of always he didn't even use all the subs uh, only put on two guys. And so, you know, I think that that's something that Heinze may learn how he can adjust in those situations, but obviously the players need to learn how to, you know, adjust their game. But again, I think that part of this is that this team is just still trying to figure out this base way of playing. And until they can get that down, then you'll see the kind of more tweaking adjustments come of how you need to play in certain situations and games and things like that. I think a lot of people's frustrations were the fact that this is the second time it's happened uh, home in the last yeah. little bit here you know you have the philadelphia game where team kind of imploded after a really good first half and, and then you have this one where it's a little less of an implosion but still it's frustrating none the less to kind of see that but overall everything was was better you know mm-hmm. uh, again it was very similar to the philadelphia game where the team looked like they had a clear idea looked like they were not thinking too much about that idea we're just executing the idea that the passing was crisper the decisions were quicker they were attacking space it just felt so much better it looked so much better and there were clear things that you could tell were happening from a coaching perspective that that were impacting the team in a positive way which is really encouraging for example you see miles go over the top and down the middle to marcelina moreno for that first goal first of all Miles Robinson is turning into an incredible passer. Yeah. He, that's two weeks in a row now. He's played game-breaking balls, you know, he's the diff- over the top. He, he was the difference to me in the way that this team attacked because the way he was able to, to be a little bit different in the way that this team has built up in the past. You know, in the past, we've seen this team in build-up. It's very predictable. It's they're, they're, I'll give the team credit in that they're precise and that they're, they're very controlled in that build-up. But when it's predictable, teams really know how to defend it and it's not that difficult to just say, 
sit behind the ball and 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 stop any threatening situations from occurring. But when you have Miles Robinson, who's able to either you know take carry the ball forward and dribble it into midfield, attract opposing players, and then be able to lay it off to somebody, or what he was doing in this game mainly in against Nashville, which was to hit those long diagonals or the balls over the top. You mentioned the one to Marcelino Moreno, but I also think that the reason why a lot of people felt like this was George Bello, one of George Bello's best games of the season, was because Miles Robinson was able to hit him on those diagonals where he was actually in space as opposed to Mm. when he would normally receive the ball teams were in much better position to just be able to mark him and he would you know how many times we've seen this season George Bellow receive the ball and then really have nothing to do except for to go kind of backwards to where the ball came from this week he got a lot more opportunities to receive the ball and then point his head forward and go forward and so I think that that was huge for this team in in this game all that space and those passes for miles resulted in three key passes for George that was enough to to lead the team that's three passes resulting in in shots which is excellent he i thought he was really really good um but again talking about just going over the top over the middle like that 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 was clearly instructed it happened a couple times and it it nearly worked both times it was interesting to me it was a weird wrinkle considering the fact that the nashville strengths are usually at center backs go ahead joe Mm -hmm. well yeah we saw it in the first 30 seconds of the game which i thought was telling what where miles hit brooks lennon going over the top uh and i asked uh heinze after the game whether that was like an intentional strategy that he had and he basically said yeah i was actually surprised that he kind of was open about it but he was like you know we have to hit teams where the space is and the space is in behind because everybody's just packing you know packing kind of midfield and and playing that mid block against them so Mm -hmm. they have to find those opportunities over the top and then once they're able to do that then teams have to respect it it opens up more gaps in the middle of the field and they're able to do more things they want to do so i thought it was a good kind of adjustment that heinze made like him being willing to do something like that i thought really helped the team it was a good adjustment i also thought they pressed better i thought the pressing was more cohesive i thought it was more active um, and a couple of times resulted in almost transition chances. I don't think we've seen an actual one yet, yeah. um, but it, it, it came across really, really well. And for 79 minutes, things were great. Really were really, really were. But uh, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm just as frustrated, I guess, as everyone else would be with only getting a point from this in a game where they should have won. Um, but Nashville is a team right now that, that two nothing is just activating their trap card. They've done this three times this year now where they come back from mm-hmm. two goals. This is just kind of a team that is wired to, to do things like this apparently which is a strange thing to say but it kind of seems like it um but but the fact that the second goal especially was so fluky you know uh, those kind of things i'm not freaking out about it well and i hate to be this kind of <laughs> i hate to be this guy and of course the supporter shield is something that's out there and definitely a very respectable <laughs> trophy but um you know this is not the premier league where the where the league title is won you know after at, at, at the final standing so this team really we've talked about it this year which is that this team's goal this season should be to improve over time and try to kind of be peaking toward the end of the year and so you can make a run in the mls, MLS cup playoffs um if the league League were to be, you know, if the league title was handed out to whoever wins the most points at the end of the year, this result would be a lot more brutal. Like it would be a much more of a gut punch. Uh, but that's that's just the way I feel about it. I, I feel like that's why I think that I kind of gave the team a lot of um, kudos after the game saying that I thought they played a lot better and that it was a positive sign looking forward, despite the fact that they dropped these points just because, you know, that's the kind of performance that you need over the long haul that to, to help get you to where you want to be. The two drop points are, of course, frustrating and you want to win those games course but you know they're not going to be the uh something that makes or breaks your potential you know mls cup bid in my opinion most encouraging thing for me was the fact that i mean you end up with an xg above one which was <laughs> yeah. such a problem sometimes <laughs> for this team last year it's been somewhat of a problem in the beginning this year but just to see the team creating chances they, again, yeah they were get- against a defense like nashville's nashville mm-hmm. is is very very solid defensively they were playing their guys you know yep. it was zimmerman it was it was romney it was all these guys who have been there and been a big part of that i'm glad you pointed that out nashville is a good team and i when you look at the chart to me it was just nice to see the diff, all the shots in, from inside the box in the game i yep. mean there was like six mm-hmm. or seven uh which is not you know it's not the highest amount that we hope this team will ever have but it's a good just positive progression step uh for this team so i think that there's more to come um but again good signs good signs to see a guy like eric lopez kind of finally be able to break out a little bit obviously he scores the goal had a chance to score another one and that again that's where this team you know after they score 
went up to nothing. They were still going for it. And Lopez had a chance. Joseph Martinez had a chance. He was brought down in the box on a, you know, potential penalty call, which I don't think was a penalty. But, um, you know, this team was still just gunning for that third goal, which is, again, I, <laughs> I like to see a team do that. And I think that that's the way that Heinze kind of has their their mindset. Let's be negative. OK, shall we? Let's shall. <laughs> It is five strike final after all. We can't get away with all this positive crap. Zeke comes on. Oof. Things got Oof. worse. <laughs> <laughs> the, my, the one picture I have in my head from the, from Ezekiel Barco in this game was there was a time when right soon after he came in, he was like frantically dribbling the ball around in a circle <laughs> in the middle of the field. And then like something bad came of it. it nothing good came of it, of course. I mean, he, he he spun in like a circle multiple times. And at that point, me and you and like half the press box were giggling (laughs) and then like three people swarmed him and he got the ball taken away and he (laughs) fell over and we all cracked up yeah because it's just so indicative exactly yeah everything you know and god man i i I told you afterward it's like i could feel matt doyle like giffing this from afar (laughs) you know like as it was happening yeah Yeah, it's like oh it's a ball stopper yeah okay there it is again you know it was it was strange It's, it's frustrating i think everyone is is questioning the substitution decisions right now but i think um, I, I don't know their actual name, but in the Discord, they're A N H E P P and Hep or something like that. But um, they made the good point. They're like, again, who are you going to bring on right, at yeah. this point, right? Like, yeah. what's what, what's actually going to improve things? Yeah. Um, and even the answer then wasn't Zeke, right? And and again, you like a guy like Jurgen Dam, I think would have been a perfect guy to bring on in those in that situation if if he were available. But of course, he's injured. Um, yeah, I think the funniest thing about that Barco situation is like in a weird way it actually it like highlights what he is good at which is like this technical skill is able to, his ability to like dribble around in like a tight circle like that but also just like the glaring weakness of not being able to find a pass and not being able to make what good skill he has contribute towards something positive for the team so I, I don't I mean and that was just one you know it was one substitute appearance one game I yeah. do think that this team has really missed Barco uh, over these last couple games um, since he went out with his injury because they just haven't been able to create and they hadn't really been able to, to put to, to put together good kind of flowing moves, especially through the middle where he could have contributed. And I thought he was playing really well before he went out with that injury. So I do want to give him a little bit of credit, but it was just kind of hilarious the way that everything transpired after he came on the field and, and his performance. So, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully he's able to start next game and he can you know put in a better performance. But fortunately, it looked like Marceline. Well, I don't know if we're getting back on it. I don't want to get too back on the positives. We're <laughs> no, no, we can mention Marcelino. We can mention Marcelino because. I think that's good because I, I really enjoyed what he did play. Yeah. Central. He's he's one of those weird players where like when he gets on the ball, he's faster. Yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. because off the ball, he looks slow as hell. <laughs> but for some reason, he gets on the ball in midfield and all of a sudden he's gliding past people. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And it kind of hurts my brain a little bit. But overall, I thought he was really good. Yeah, I need to do a mea culpa about Marcelino Moreno. I tweeted something about this after the game because in my pl- player ratings, I didn't I said he was just OK and he didn't really contribute a lot outside of um, outside of the goal. But honestly, after I went back and looked at the stats, I, and, and especially after seeing how he contributed to the goal that Eric Lopez scored, actually, he was one of the, the main guys. Um, you know, he, he ended up giving the ball to Bello, but it was the way that he turned that b- winning of the ball into an attacking opportunity I thought was really good and exactly what this team has been missing recently. So uh, a little bit of me a couple there. I'm sure I'm getting bashed in the comments section over that, and rightfully so, because those player ratings that I do are literally just me watching the game and honestly I'm, I'm thinking about changing when I do the ratings maybe I'll maybe I'll put them out a little bit later because I'm writing a lot during the last 30 minutes of the game especially so I'm like not even paying I'm trying to pay as close attention to the game as possible but uh, maybe I need to keep my attention on it a little bit more but I thought he was good um, the, there was one the, the thing that stuck out to me in the game the reason why I kind of was criticizing him in the player ratings was you know there are moments and especially in this system in Gabriel Heinze's system that's so man-to-man defensively he would have like this little turn off where a guy runs past him and then he's just sprinting trying to catch the guy that got past him and he's like making a really kind of a you know he's just chasing a guy for 30 40 yards across the field and so you know I thought that that got him into a little bit of trouble but overall you know he was much much better in this game and it, and it was good to see him on that assist uh, the hockey assist link up with Bello uh, in a way that he hasn't been able to do in the last couple games maybe we can get him to visualize a ball at his feet at all times <laughs> yeah. like even when he's on on defense you know yeah. maybe that way he'll be a lot faster and be able to pick up those guys. So Patrick, they have 
a couple weeks here to kind of settle themselves, to kind of regroup, to to get back to 100%, to, to keep working on things. And then it seems appropriate that Philadelphia comes to town. I think that's on the 20th. It's, it's going to be a good, so what have you learned right. kind yeah. of thing uh, for this team in the very kind of first few stages. And handshake gate returns or whatever that was. Whatever that was. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. The, the, the budding feud between Jim Curtin and Gabriel I'm sure we'll it. build that up a ton because that's <laughs> yeah. so interesting to me. God, yeah, let me, let me talk all about it. It'll be good, though. It'll be interesting. Again, that one a few weeks away. But fortunately for you guys, your questions are just a short break away. And before we get back into the show, did just want to shout out once again our partners at Lucid FC for bringing you this episode of Five Stripe Final. They've got a new shop out um, in Buckhead. It's right behind the Whole Foods there. Uh, the address is 3209 Paces Ferry Place Northwest, if you want to write that down or Google it or whatever. But I cannot wait to see what they get done there because I think that that shop is going to be um, experiential, to say the least. These guys are really creative and uh, I think that it will be more than just a, a place to sell clothes. So that would be really cool. But you can obviously also order from them online at lucidfc.us. They've got their new spring-summer 2021 collection out now, uh, which you can buy right now online called This is a Modern World. It's really cool stuff. The collection brings nostalgic, psychedelic party nights of the past to the new modern lifestyle. Uh, I've checked it out on, on their shop. It looks really cool. The products on this line will be sold exclusively to directly to you on the Lucid FC website. That's where you get it uh they've got unisex sizes from extra small to extra extra large and the uh, price points from eight dollars to 380 dollars. so there's something in there for everybody uh and it has just launched and it's really cool definitely would recommend everybody go check out uh, lucidfc.us and maybe pick up yourself some uh some modern world clothes joe patrick i nearly forgot that was one great break great break great as break. always maybe the best break probably the best break ever i nearly forgot though and i want to bring this back because we've been getting requests to bring this back joe patrick who was your unk sung hero who was your Lerinowitz man of the match. I mean, I kind of hate to say this because I feel like I end up saying this after every single dang game, but he, I think he's Atlanta United's best player, and it's Miles Robinson for me. <laughs> I was going to say the other center back. I was going to say Anton. Ah. He continues to just be good. I just love Anton, I think, at this point. Um, he <laughs> celebrated the first goal like a crazy person, too, which is phenomenal. <laughs> that, that's what I love to see. I love to see him. I mean, the, the center backs have been great this year. Yeah, there's kind of no getting around it, um, which I think it's weird that like people are... It is much more the system than the quality of play that is allowing goals mm -hmm. if that makes sense mm -hmm. to me you know uh, the spine to me is so good mm -hmm. which is you know right now defensively it's it's sosa and walks and miles i think that's phenomenal i yep. think that's as good as anything in the league right now yep. you know except for you know a few folks maybe like seattle yeah um that's kind of about it honestly i agree um so there we go there there are your lerwinowitz men i don't know if we have a drop or anything for that but i'll figure it out i'll figure it out thanks for tuning in everyone to this completely arbitrary internet content you guys guys had plenty of questions though after this one and we'll start with this first one from Grisessa who asked are Eric and Moreno dudes on Lopez's goal we can hope slash pray to see more things like Moreno carrying the ball vertically up the middle moving forward and can Joe walk us through his reaction to Lopez's goal let's talk about Joe's reaction to Lopez's <laughs> goal because Elo scored I went oh cool I looked to Joe sitting to the right of me in the press box and he looked at me we looked at each other and in that moment we had a shared connection in space and time ready to i was ready personally to, to celebrate with him and he said and i quote i missed it was it good you know so i was just about to say my reaction was like a proud dad who's seeing his who's seeing his son like walk across the high school graduation stage and actually with you repeating that story that's exactly what it is that's i think that's exactly what my dad said when i when i graduated high school i think he I think he I think he had stopped paying attention. He was like playing snake on his old Nokia phone or something by the time that uh, I was, I was my name was called. But yeah, perfect. Perfect. Well, at the very least, even if Joe didn't necessarily see it, quotation marks, it was encouraging. It was encouraging. He made a really, really good run. I love this run. Yeah. Near yeah. Post run diagonally. Um, obviously stayed on side, but when you can make that kind of run on a cross like that and be the only person within a few yards of you and then to finish like that, that's that's filthy coming off a cross to go up in the air like that and use the outstep of your foot to, to kind of push it in. Gorgeous. Well done, Elo. 
That, well done. It was a great run. I'm glad you pointed that out. So it was a great run. He made a he made that same run a couple other times, and on one of them, he they connected with him again. That was one of the ones where he had that chance that he tried to chip the goalkeeper, and it just went over the ball over the bar. Um, it's a great run. It's a great run from that position. It's it's kind of reminds me of like a run that you would see someone make in like a FIFA Pro clubs, where it's like just like an amazing way to bend that run all the way across the field, just like <laughs> waiting for someone to mm-hmm. find you ready to break through the lines and then being able to. Uh, go vertical so yeah um you know i think that it was a big confidence builder for him too to finally feel like he's contributing to the team in a positive way um he really you know he looked a lot more confident after that goal especially i mean even before the goal i just thought he played well in the game i think defensively he had some issues i think he was kind of you know partially to blame had some had some of the share of the blame in uh, the first goal that nashville scored where he was just struggling to get back and i think part of that was that he was just so uh, damn tired it wasn't necessarily a matter of him not wanting to come back he was just kind of exhausted by the end there but um yeah i mean i think very encouraging from both of those players both eric lopez and marcelino moreno uh you know after they both struggled for a few weeks it was really nice to see them feel like they were um they were main contributors to the team yeah it's positive it's positive i'm not quite sure if they're dudes yet but that's a that's a solid solid start and it's uh really encouraging really encouraging also encouraging the play of joseph martinez I can't find the question, but it said something to the extent of is Joseph back? How close is Joseph to being Joseph again? And this was the most encouraging game since the last most encouraging game. But it was like it felt like another step, mainly because he attempted his yearly bicycle kick (laughs) and didn't make it again. He's never made one, but looked cool. Sam, did you notice there was a moment? It was in the first half when he picked up the ball and started running at Nashville's back line. And Mm -hmm. and there was the there was like the gasp of the crowd like <gasps> and like everybody like kind of like got quiet was like on their feet it, like it was just like that moment where it's like that's joe's that's the joseph martinez that we know that is explosive and that puts the fear into <laughs> central defenders mm-hmm. when he's running at pace like that with the ball um you just love to see it from a purely athletic perspective, he was explosive. He was jumping. He was very flexible, which I think mm, is really, yeah. really encouraging. He, he had a couple of moments where he was, uh, he did, you know, the bike. He attempted another bike. He had another moment where he was running towards the touchline and, and kind of jumped up and, and flicked the ball on. He got his leg pretty high in the air for that. It was really impressive, honestly. And at that point, I was like, oh, shit, we're going to win the league. Um, because I think, <laughs> like, at that point, the ball came out to, to Elo, who, like, sombrero to dude. It was gorgeous. Yeah. I loved all of it. They, they looked like they were just messing around for fun. Um, so really, really excellent stuff there. And again, I think uh, you got like three weeks here for him to kind of continue building towards that. And as soon as he gets that first goal at MBS again and he kneels and everyone goes bonkers, I think Joseph is going to be pretty much Joseph. That's going to be a big step in the progression. And then he will get eventually get to the point where he's yelling at his teammates, ah, which is good. That's a, in like a, in a positive. Yeah, yeah. Like and that. that's the Joseph that Atlanta United honestly they need they need that kind of mm-hmm. leader leadership ability from him which he's of course capable of but you're not really going to feel like you're capable of that until you feel like you're performing optimally on the field so good to see him kind of take those steps as you said athletically looked looked like he was almost close to being the guy that we're we know and love Chris had another question here we'll go to that he says thoughts on Barco's appearance I'm hoping it was him getting the rust off but he held on to the ball too long again and the other team took every chance to hack him down again didn't feel like a net positive on the game i think that's a pretty fair assessment um i I guess the question is now can that change over 90 minutes it's likely he'll start going forward but where who this is okay i want to pose this this question question. now yeah yeah, yeah. i see where this is going Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. go ahead Mm -hmm. um jake moraney started in this Mm -hmm. one which which we i said was fine we weren't like super for it you know but cool he he stretched teams Uh, i thought it looked pretty good Uh, obviously the team looked improved and it has looked improved the last two times he's been in do you take him out do you do you take elo out do you move one of them out and take marcelino out of out of the midfield which seems real dumb that's the worst one yeah i think you know um 
I'm not I'm not stoked about any of these I, options I, here. I, I agree with you. This is where it gets really interesting. And of and you know, of course you, you hate to kind of throw this into it, but when you go back to the transfer rumors and stuff, you know that this club needs to try to put Ezekiel Barco in the shop window to try to see if some a team will come in for him. But of course, someone like Gabriel Heinze will will say that he's not going to select his team based off of those parameters. So yeah. you get yourself into a, a situation where I don't I don't know what I don't know what's going to really happen, honestly. I somewhat disagree with that statement though about having to put him in in the shop window. And maybe that is a true thing. Maybe that is a thing that mm-hmm. executives think and everything like that. But is there really a team out there that's like, I have four years of data points on a Secular Barco at Atlanta United. But let me see this one more game against Jack Elliott. <laughs> then I'll make my decision. True. Fair. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. Um so you that's don't fair. necessarily have to do it if anyone's listening. They're not, <laughs> but you don't have to do it. Well, um so I don't know. Maybe my opinion is you just keep them in a damn bubble for the next month and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, the thing that kind of just hit me when you were talking is that this team doesn't have a game for three weeks. So, you know, three weeks time, you're almost to the transfer window again. Actually, I'm not even sure because it only matters matters as to I when no idea when it opens when uh, yeah. it only matters as to when ML, or um, uh, Liga MX's windows opens which might even be open at that point in by June late June I would think it would yeah. be I think it would probably opens tomorrow on June 1st so um, yeah would be will be interesting to see what happens with him overall his he looked like a player to me that was trying too hard to like impress and to to you know make something happen for himself personally that's just my that's just my opinion on the way he played just based on the the ball stopping and the you know dribbling in a circle trying to find a lane for himself to to get through on goal just seemed like he was pressing and um yeah i don't know if it would be the same if he's starting or not if it was just a substitute thing i'm not sure i saw a reddit comment and i hate to bring up reddit on the show (laughs) but i want to get your thoughts on it and it said um it was very much in the the deferring opinion from a lot of us and i'm sure a lot of listeners to the show but it said essentially just let him be coached under Gabriel Einze for a year and see what he looks like. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's dismissing him, but let him be coached under Gabriel Einze. And I get the sentiment, but at the same time, I, I'm not sure Gabby's like a attacking wizard who's all of a sudden going to turn someone into a, a juggernaut going forward, you know, and that when they haven't been. Um, I don't know. There was, a, I, I, there was a quote that Heinze had leading up to the season, or maybe it was shortly after the season had started, but um, it, it was about Barco. I can't remember exactly how the question was phrased, but I remember it striking me as not the most ringing endorsement of him. It was like, it was something like, it was about like what position is best for Barco. And he said something along the lines of like, I think we've found a position for Barco to play in or something like that. And that doesn't ring out to me as a player who's like, Barco, it will be our creator number 10. Like he wasn't like overly enthused about what Barco could bring as a player playing a certain position. It was like, I think we found a role for him that he can play, you know? So like there's a little bit of a, to me that, that says to me that, you know, this isn't the player that Heinze loves in his team at the moment. And um, maybe he could find somebody who would be a better fit. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We had a whole bunch of questions about maybe finding a better fit. Uh, We'll get to those in a second, but do want to address one more thing. We had a couple of questions about Heinze's substitution philosophy. Um, Joe, you've kind of mentioned it a few times i know you've been kind of keeping track of how much he's actually using subs is it is it that big of a deal at this point should we be maybe frustrated or worried you do have five of them <laughs> at this point you know w- would that have really changed things for Lady united i guess in this context of the of the nashville game uh i mean maybe i think the one you could argue would be alan franco you know could you bring him in to give yourself a little bit more protection defensively late in the game you know Where, though is it back i know three? that well that's the thing is that you would kind of have to change the shape you would kind of have to change um your principles in in just the way that not principles like philosophically but just like tactical principles of who's marking who where do you go in certain situations because then you would have to kind of move on Santiago Sosa to be doing something a little bit different marking different players and the way that this team does this whole man marking thing it makes things a lot more complicated so it's not as easy of a sub to make as kind of it feels like when you it's like okay you have a DP center back on the bench and you gave up two goals late that seems like the obvious choice you could have made it's not the most obvious thing but it's just the one that is um, maybe one that's worth mentioning. Uh, You know, I I don't think that like if we look at Tata Martino, for example, I don't think that he would be much different with this team in terms of the substitutes he's making. Like Tata was uh, pretty well known for relying on a very core group of players that played most of the minutes. And, you know, maybe Kevin Kratz would come on every single game, but he would come on for like the last five minutes. And he was normally more of like a Uh time wasting type of situation. Um, 
so I'm not sure that, you know, there are a lot of options for Heinze to turn to right now. And right now he's just going to trust the guy that he believes in. This is one of the reasons why the Jack Gurr waving is interesting to me, because you look around at some other Bielsa disciple folks. You look at even Matias Almeida in San Jose, who runs a more high octane defensive system. There's more man marking mm-hmm. in it, but he regularly subs fullbacks, right? Mm. And that's because they are doing so much work. And when you go back and look at that last goal, you can maybe criticize Brooks Lennon a little bit for, for making the wrong choice there. There were a few times where Lopez especially had the track back from the wing position uh, because those two positions interchange so much, you know, and there was a lot of space there. Um, maybe we could see more of that going forward, but it's weird to me that they would take away that personnel for it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because we actually we did see Heinze make that move one time this year and it back fired in spectacular fashion when he brought in Alex Dijon to play right back move Brooks Lennon up and then right away the substitute makes a big error leads to a goal Um, so maybe maybe that's why he didn't make that sub maybe that's a sub he would have liked to have made Um, you know I think in that situation Brooks Lennon's probably one of your more fit players um, just in terms of his natural fitness ability and so maybe that you know that would be an option but you know it's interesting that he just doesn't rely on those players because you're right to to me me it's a sub that makes a lot of sense but yeah yeah you're right but if you are subbing in to John and he's playing one of the worst free kicks I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life like that's not going to be beneficial in any way right like even if he is on fresh legs it's a really good point it is um, some depth problems maybe it's it's, you gotta gotta try to find some use for some of these players though to your point like you got to try to figure out a way to to use your squad to yeah. relieve Ronald minutes Hernandez from players still exists right exactly you know? yeah it's, it's interesting yeah i don't know jackson conway still exists <laughs> oh man um well y'all had a few questions about getting in some new players and we'll try to get through these kind of quickly as we go through here but we'll go to this first one from adam who says adding in the context of paul's departure he says y'all have seen felipe's article in the mlspa payroll release now but we know we still need some dudes what's y'all's reaction to any talk this season of getting a 10 to 15 million dollar player um i think we saw maybe some rumors about that i think of ronnie from palmaris Mm -hmm. was one of the guys who popped up as one of those kind of guys Mm -hmm. but i don't know i think i i'm still fine i i kind of wonder if there was already a plan in place before mcdonough mutually parted ways you know i there has to be a target list i think i'm okay with the team moving forward with whatever kind of thing they want to move forward with i mean my reaction to talk of getting a 10 to 15 million dollar player is that that has every possibility of happening and i think that i would actually expect well i don't know about the price range or whatever but i definitely expect a dp signing to be able to take place because i think barco will be sold and so if you sell barco you're obviously clearing a dp spot and you know that's a huge signing and a huge opportunity for this club i think that that signing will be someone that gabriel heinze has probably all of the say and most of the say in because that's going to be a player that um is crucial in terms of how he fits into his system and, and helping this club win an MLS Cup in the next two years while Heinze is here. So I think that's going to be a big one. Um, I think is Tiago Amada still available? I think he is. He was one of his primary playmakers at Velez. Uh, also very good in football manager, I would add. So <laughs> maybe an eye, a name to keep an eye on there. Uh, the Ronnie one never seemed feasible. Nah. And like it just seemed like one of those kind of BS rumors. And we've seen some really weird rumors linked uh, coming out of Brazil, kind of linking Atlanta United when it when we look at uh, the signing of Alan Franco and things like that. So always be kind of skeptical about rumors of Brazilian players and Brazilian clubs. Be very skeptical right now, especially with regards to MLS, because the line is so easy to draw mm-hmm, right now right. With, yeah. with the recent signings of folks like uh, Teus Magno and Brenner and other folks coming in to MLS, you know, um, so, so be a little weary of it. But who knows? Maybe. Maybe it's one of those things, again, where we're going to learn pretty quickly what kind of lessons everyone has learned over the last year and a half, right? Whatever kind of signing they make is going to be real interesting to analyze and, and see if they can finally hit again on a DP. Uh, we had another question, I think, about maybe buying down Franco and, and selling Barco and maybe even having two DP spots. I guess it's possible. We have no idea how much allocation money they have. We have no idea what they need to do to buy Franco down like that. It'll be interesting to see. It has been reported. Franco will be bought down eventually. eventually. It's been reported yeah. by Felipe. It's just unclear whether or not that happens. The summer or in the 
the future. So we'll have to see, and Joe Patrick will have to see if you are prepared to answer these questions. This is rapid fire. Tony asks, what are the chances Miles will be sold during the summer? And when is he eventually sold? What's the predicted amount? Miles, not going anywhere this summer. Predicted amount, Joe Patrick? Oh man, I could see, I could see 10 million. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's where I put it at too. Ten million dollars, and not this summer, but I definitely think a good chance after this season. Yeah, Mark. For reference, Mark McKenzie of Philadelphia was sold for about eight million, yeah. and they're not similar players necessarily, but they are MLS center backs who are American. And to very quickly link this back to the previous question, if Robinson were to be sold this summer, I think I do think that you would be able to have the allocation money then to do the two DPS. But I think what's more likely is you have one DP spot open this summer, and then you probably, if he's sold later on. Uh, you have another DP spot opens uh, in the off season. Kurt asks, who even works here anymore? I think it's just, it's, just, it's the dog. I think it's Spike. I think Spike is wearing a it's lot like, of hats right now. It's like a really weird like office space earbud combination. And Spike is really stressed and overworked. I'm, I'm hoping he, he takes a little bit of time off here and enjoys this long weekend. I don't know why I just pictured like the erasing and then we have zero days without an off play or a workplace incident. <laughs> and it was Spike erasing it, yeah. poor dog. Too many tricks to learn. Rob asks, why can't our non-Joseph DPs be as good as Nashville's? Uh, Nashville's DPs aren't that great, but also he's not, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong right now because right now our, our non-Joseph DPs aren't really contributing that much. So net win for Nashville there. Yeah. Parker asks, should the team have tried to stop Nashville from scoring the second goal? The answer is no. No, because this is, this is how we feel things, man. This is how we feel things. Put your hand up the flame, Parker. Marshall asks, Bryson or Brooks? Is this a Red Bulls question? Bryson or it's Brooks? A, it's a golf question, so yes, it is a Red Bulls oh, question. This is, oh, Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Brooks mm-hmm. Kepka. Actually, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of either one. I'm the biggest. I'm, I'm the golf fan between the two of us. So Reese Buckmaster. <laughs> Philip asks, what's your take on Miami's punishment and what moves do you think they'll be forced to make next year? I think like um, probably going to have to reduce some scholarships. Maybe, I don't know, get rid of their recruiting coordinator, kind of switch things up a little bit. Really kind of stay in state, I think, for the rest of their recruits and see what they can kind of do, especially <laughs> yeah. on a scholarship limitation. <laughs> Will asks, how many flights, flights, how many fights Ice. do you have to win to cut lines into your eyebrows is it like a belt and karate situation mm. i think like you kind of do keep kind of going up as you win fights and maybe eventually we'll we'll go up to having like all yeah, the lines it's like instead, in of, instead of teardrop tattoos it's like mm-hmm. just yeah li- uh, eyebrow slashes however if you do not have any eyebrows you have alopecia please go seek help <laughs> smurphy asks how soon will barco be on a plane to mexico Maybe pretty soon, hopefully. I I don't want to say hopefully, but yeah, I mean. Grisessa asks, does he need help packing? And and judging by my, like, I'm 25, I still can't pack, right? So probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Eh, These guys, though, these are, they're almost professional packers. You could almost say with the amount of travel they do, like, this is part of their, this is part of their job. So he might, he might have it. That's true. It's so crazy we'll how to, they come see. they come in like when they make Rapid a transfer. Fire. They make a transfer and they just have like two huge bags of luggage that are like saran wrapped. I always find yeah. that funny. <laughs> it is funny. It is funny. Anything else you want to talk about for the yeah. next 30 minutes on Rapid Fire? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. That was Rapid Fire. Joe, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. This is good. My brain is scrambled. It's Memorial Day weekend. I've been running around, so I apologize for being a dumbass on this podcast. I feel like I feel like it's not. I feel like I've given a, a four out of ten today. I did great. You so. did great. You carried this let, thing. Let, let, let's 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 just give me a nine out of ten and call today. We love y'all. Go check out the Patreon again. patreoncom slash 5 I'll go check out everything on DirtySauceSoccer.com. Go check out some of my stuff on the Mothership as well. You can subscribe to my newsletter yes. if you want to at MLSSoccer.com/newsletters. Uh, it's called the Daily Kickoff. It, it goes out every day except today. Felt nice to sleep in, Joe. Tell the folks we love them. What was that? I love Someone you. sneezing, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we, no, them. Them. Not me. Them. Anyway, whatever. We love y'all. We'll see y'all later. Bye, y'all.